closed session for today, January 25th, one item pursuant to, to government code 54957.6, conference with county designated labor negotiators, Judy Hawkins and Shay Johnson regarding the following employee organizations, Calaveras Management Union, Calaveras Supervisors Union. Good morning and welcome back to the regular schedule meeting. Um, we met earlier for closed session and at this time I would like to take any public comment for closed session. There's no online public comment. Okay. And clerk, report out. Report out of closed session for today, January 25th. Item 1, pursuant to government code 54957.6. Conference with County Designated Labor Negotiators Judy Hawkins and Shay Johnson regarding the following employee organizations. Calaveras Management Union, Calaveras Supervisors Union, no reportable action taken. Thank you. At this time, we'll stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Supervisor Stauffer. Thank you, Madam Chair. I vote Next, we have staff announcements, and I believe Miss Medina would like to speak. Are there any other staff announcements other than? No, not that I see at this time. Okay. You're up. Thank you. Uh, good morning, Madam Chair, respected board members, Leo Von Lada, Deputy Clerk of the Board, and our Calaveras community, Lisa Medina, Environmental Management Agency. Today, I would like to start off by thanking our community for adopting our animals from Animal Services. We have had a record break in January with several adoptions, and we expect to send more of our fur babies home to their forever homes with our Calaveras community. January has also been a very good month for our kitty adoptions and adopted so far in January include Kyra, Attila, Princess, Jerry, Abby, Fred, George, Barney, and Harrison. In February, we are planning on having a Valentine's Day adoption event. More details to follow. Our last announcement may be a little early, but will take place in March. It's going to be our first Focus and Animal Services Free Microchip and Rabies Clinic to be held here at the Government Center on Saturday, March 12th. We will continue to support our community with these free events and Focus is working on several more for the year 2022. Thank you, Focus, and all our animal service volunteers. We cannot do this without your support. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. And there's no other staff comments. There's no further staff comments. Okay. Just want to make sure no one was raising their hand online. Okay. Next is general public comment. 
Is it any item of interest to the public that is within the subject matter jurisdiction of the board and is not posted on the consent or regular agenda? May be addressed during the public comment period. California law prohibits the board from taking action on any matter which is not posted on the agenda unless it is determined to be an emergency by the board of supervisors. Is there any public comment? There is no online public comment. Okay. Next is consent agenda. Is there any board member that wishes to pull an item from consent? Seeing none, is there any public comment on consent agenda? I do not see any staff or public requests. Okay. With that, I entertain a motion to approve the consent agenda. So moved, Madam Chair. Moved by Supervisor Topanelli. Is there a second? Second, Madam Chair. Second by Supervisor Stopper. All in favor? Aye. Aye. And just to confirm, we have motion by Supervisor Topanelli, second by Supervisor Stopper, and all ayes. Correct. I don't see anyone objecting to that. Okay. <clears throat> Next up is regular agenda. Item number eight. Clerk? Item eight, resolution by Human Resources. Adopt a resolution approving a COVID-19 paid sick leave policy with the effective dates of January 25th, 2022 to June 30th, 2022, or until the state of California or the federal government create COVID-19 related leave, whichever is earlier. Um, good morning, board. Judy Hawkins, Human Resources and Risk Management. Um, I apologize, I'm not a panelist. Um, can everybody hear me? Okay, so today I'm bringing before you uh, a request for COVID-19 paid sick leave of 80 hours for employees that meet the criteria to take the leave, which is uh, basically they have to quarantine, isolate, uh, or uh, they are seeking a, a diagnosis, which means they are uh, waiting for test results of COVID-19. And then, of, uh, of course, um, the, if they have adverse reactions from a, a COVID-19 vaccine or booster. And the purpose of this, bringing this policy to you now is that we have had a uh, extreme surge of cases among employees over the past several months. For example, in October, in October we only had six cases in November 9, December 6, and we are now up to 56 cases uh, uh, just for the month of January. And to encourage employees to stay home if they have symptoms while they're seeking a diagnosis, that is the purpose of this leave. It makes it easier for uh, new employees or employees that don't have the sick leave. Because what we're finding that is happening is if an employee uh, catches COVID at work or we can track 
Human Resources does all the COVID uh, tracing to exclude employees from work who have been exposed. During that uh, process, we also make sure if we can link a uh, exposure positive to another employee within the workplace, or while they're uh, conducting their, their normal duties, then we place them on paid administrative leave. So having this leave will make it equitable for everybody who is currently being um, off work or other things due to COVID. Can I answer any questions? Is there any questions by board members? By Supervisor Gamendi. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, Judy, when did, uh, Hawkins, when, when did the federal and state uh, leave policy expire? Um, 2020, the end of September in 2021. Really? Okay. Uh, and so we haven't had one. What have we been doing since Sorry. So if employees are exposed at work, we put them on a paid administrative leave. If an employee comes to work sick and we have to send them home and they do not have any sick leave available, then we put them on a paid administrative leave. And so having a policy such as this makes it more equitable for all the employees if they need to stay home due to Ill symptoms of COVID-19. Okay, I think my question is, is this, are we being equitable? I mean, January 25th, this is, is, is that the right date to start or should we go back to January 1st and what are the impacts? Are, are, because we're sending people home, right? And, so, we do have some employees that have been placed on paid administrative leave. Um, SEIU has requested that we start the policy December 27th when employees were coming back from the Christmas holiday. Um, it's just finding that, that right time. Like I said, just for January, we have had 56 employees um, test positive. We have had other employees that were exposed and had to stay home due to the exposure. If they were exposed at work, we did put them on paid administrative leave. So the impact would be if we went back, say, January 1st, because we came back to the office on January 3rd from the New Year's holiday, then we would be uh, replacing the sick leave that employees took for the COVID purposes. And then um, I, we had a minimal amount of employees that were out and did not have sick leave available. So the impact, you know, I, I could agree starting January 1st may be a good idea because of all of the cases, but that is up to the board. Yeah, I just, I feel bad for folks. I mean, you know, we're making the rules that they've got to stay out a certain amount of time. And there's so many complex pieces to this. It's hard to figure out who's on first base in a given day. Um, it would seem like January 1st might be, or January 3rd when we came back might be fair. I just want to be fair. We're, we're sending people home and telling them when they can come back when they feel fine and using their sick days. That's just my, that's all my questions I had. Thank you. Any other board comment or question? No. And then I'll go to public comment. Yes, we do have one um, public comment. Okay. Andrea? Good morning. Surprise, surprise. Um, I'm coming to you back. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you. 
Um, I'm coming to you guys, albeit virtually, uh, just to be uh, surprised to speak in support of this agenda item. Um, since the COVID leave expired uh, the end of September, there's been a ton of confusion amongst the membership regarding sick leave. Uh, as a result, we found it was more advantageous for workers to come to work ill and risk exposing others because they didn't have time on the book or they would get paid admin leave. In other instances, workers who did the right thing and called in and reported illnesses uh, found their balances drained. And adding a COVID leave bank would solve a lot of these issues. And thank you, Supervisor Garamendi, you hit the nail on the head. Um, there's only one thing that would make this resolution better and help a more significant number of workers. And Judy, I've thought a lot about this, and this policy really should be made retroactive to when the state COVID leave bank expired. And it should be made effective to October 1st, 2021. Um, the number of COVID infections, I know uh, Ms. Hawkins did talk about it. The total number from October 1 to December 31 was 21. And generally alone, had 56. And this doesn't include the people who have had a quarantine or fall within any of the other categories. And it doesn't make sense to penalize those who've had to take leave for the four months between October 1st and today's date. Um, retroactivity is the right thing to do. And thank you for considering this agenda item, and I ask you to consider my recommendation. Thank you. Is there any other public comment? There, there's no other online comment. Okay. See now, I'll bring it back to the board. Is there a motion? Um, is there, uh, Ms. Hawkins, is there a reason that we have not considered retroactive um, is there appetite for the board to discuss this? Sure. I think that, yes. Yeah. Uh, Ms. Hawkins. So, um, there is, if the board, you know, chooses to uh, make this retroactive, then we will go back and contact those employees that were out um, due to COVID exposures. I do not, um, I, I, personally think that it would be a good idea to start the beginning of January, but it is up to the board. I'll make a motion um, in stating, you know, as the recommendation is here, but let's let's go retroactive to the first of this year. Um, at least we can take care of part of the issue with that. Um, is that is that clear enough, Miss Edwards? Um, it's clear to me. The only thing I might recommend or that might make the most sense would be that if it coincides with a, the beginning of a pay period, which I don't know precisely what day that was. Um, would it have been the, the first, Ms. Hawkins? 
So it would, uh, so 1-1-22 to 1-14-22 is a pay period. So if okay. we went to 1-1, okay. then it will coincide with a pay period. Okay. Excellent. And yes, then I think the motion is clear. All right. Thank you. So I stand by my motion. Madam Chair, I'll second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you. Okay, so just to clear, um, we have a motion by Supervisor Stopper uh, to approve the resolution with a modification of the start effective date as of January 1st, 2022, and uh, seconded by Supervisor Garamendi with all eyes. Thank you. Okay, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. And next is regular agenda item number nine. Clerk. Item number nine, resolution brought by the administration office, adopt a resolution of intention to form the Central Sierra Broadband Unity Utility Zone con Consortium. Good morning, Madam Chair, members of the board, Summer Nicotero, administration. Uh, I have before you a, a resolution to join the, what they're calling Central Sierra Buzz, the Broadband Utility Zone Consortium. Previously, it was the um, Central Sierra Connect Broadband Consortium, which is no longer in existence. Um, I'm recommending that we join this. Uh, its main function is to seek funding. I see it beneficial in that it's our partners that we border with as far as broadband is concerned. I think it's important that we're at the table seeing what everybody else is doing in our areas where we may be able to cooperate and um, get the most benefit out of coordinating our efforts. So this would put us um, in the same group before with Alpine, Amador, Tuolumne, and Mariposa counties. Any questions? Any questions from the board? Supervisor Stafford? Yeah. No? Okay. Uh, well, I, th this discussion's come up a few times in my Central Sierra Economic Development District. Um, just curious who brought this board? So, uh, I have spoken with several uh, people in the office as well as Supervisor Garamendi and Kathy Galino. And the agreement that we have isn't that we're looking for necessarily the funding that they're searching. The agreement is just to make sure that we're a part of the conversation as far as what their plans are and how we may be able to work together. And so I know there were some issues in the past with the um, groups that we were involved in. And so I think that if we go into it knowing that we also, uh, Supervisor Garamendi is on the um, Golden State Connect Authority and had that as an opportunity as well, just making sure that we don't miss any information or opportunities with broadband considering how big the scope of this work is going to be. Right. And we have a plan going through Central Sierra Economic Development District right now for, for another, I mean, there's multiple avenues with this. But at the same time, some of the concern going forward is, I would ask if we've addressed with us going at it from multiple angles with the Consortium Golden State Authority and everything else, sometimes that will disqualify us or uh, hinder our efforts as we move forward. Mr. Garamendi? 
Yes, thank you, Ms. Stopper, and Madam Chair, if I may. Um, uh, and thank you, Summer. Um, this, this was punted to staff to sort of develop what we want to do. I, have great, I continue to have concerns. Uh, a consortium is fine. If we decide to move towards a JPA, I'm going to want to know what's in that because I don't want to start encumbering our county. Uh, at, the Golden State, um, at the Golden State Connect Authority, we had our executive committee last meeting last week, and things are starting to come together, but the state's still coming up with their rules on what they want to use their billion dollars for. The feds are still coming up with their rules. It is, it is really very fluid. And anybody who tells you they know exactly how this is going to work is making it up. And so, you know, we're fortunate with uh, with uh, Golden State Connect in that we've got really good partners on putting out the broadband. We've got a formula, and as the data comes in from the CPUC and the feds, we'll be able to plug them into the variables and figure out where the right places to do things are. As far as it impacts Calaveras, you know, one of the variables is going to be what is what is available, what are the resources available to match, to bring things forward. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've talked about taking some of the RF funds, maybe setting aside for broadband. This may be a pot of money that we can apply to the variable, as one of the variables, to come in to help us fill things out. Um, uh, you know, basically the formula we're working on with Golden State Connect is 100% debt financing for a project. So if a volcano or a Caltel or, or AT&T or a county or, or a consortium came in and brought money in, that would reduce the amount of debt, which means you could do more. Uh, we, all, we all know that down payments on household time. So it's fluid. I don't think this is going to hurt us as it stands today. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but it seems like, and I agree with Summer, it's something we might as well do. <clears throat> Yeah, and no, I understand. It's with, with that, I just caution that we uh, watch our step as we proceed. I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the information, Mr. Harmony. Supervisor Fowler? I had brought this up at board, and there wasn't the support because of um, Supervisor Garamendi's position with RCRC. And um, I feel like the more opportunities that we have to plug possible holes, that we should do it and to be um, part of our neighbors. And I think it's important that we, and I said that when I brought this up a couple of months or so ago, that we need to be partners with our neighbors on anything to do with broadband. I'm really like most of you, tired of hearing talk, 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 and nothing happens. But until all the fingers are out there and looking at all the possible opportunities, this is just another possible opportunity. And um, the private sector has to be part of this. I mean, government can say what we want, but unless we want to foot the bill, it has to be a partnership. And this is another opportunity along with RCRC and whatever other, whatever else is out there, I think we should participate. So I'm glad that I have supervisors, Garamendi's support on doing this. Yeah, yeah. 
there any other board comments? Yeah, I, I will say this, that um, other than Tuolumne County, we already partner in JPAs. This is not a JPA, but it could become one with the other counties involved here. And possibly it could be a, another JPA, um, Mountain Valley MS at Tuolumne might have talks with them, could join in that. So it's not, and, and that works. Mountain Valley MS provides the, the ambulance service and, and EMS service for these counties, so I'm in favor of moving forward with this in that partnership. Okay, with that, then I guess you bring it to a motion or to public comment. Okay. There is no online public comment. Okay, and there's no one in the room. I'll bring it back. Is there a motion? I'll move this item. Okay. Motion by Supervisor Calloway. Is there a second? I guess Maria's going to beat me up to, to submission. I'll second it. <laughs> second by Supervisor Gamini. All in favor? Uh, aye. aye. Okay, so we have a motion made by Supervisor Calloway, second by Supervisor Garamendi, following all ayes. And I want a workers' comp claim for the physical assault. <laughs> Thank you, Summer. Thank you. <laughs> Next, we have agenda item number 10. Clerk? Item 10 is an informational item brought by Public Works. Receive a presentation on the draft 2022 Calaveras County Department of Public Works five year capital improvement program. Okay. Good morning. I'm going to share the screen. Good morning, Mr. Passenger. Good morning. Let's see here. Can you see that? There it is. Yes. All right. So this is the capital improvement program presentation. Um, let me introduce to you Jen Ellis, who's sitting here with me. She's a senior engineer, the person responsible for pretty much putting this program together throughout the years. Um, we have currently with our uh, engineering group, or we had, we had six people working on delivering a lot of these projects. We're down to five, Chantel left. You may know some of our other uh, project managers that are working on the CIP, Jen Herndon, Lori Dodge, Kelly Zanizer, and Jacob Lyle. They're not in the room right now, but those are the ones that are responsible for delivering this work. Okay, now. There we go. All right. Here is the uh, purpose of the CIP presentation. But most of all, this is the county's program. And at this point, this presentation is intended to elicit feedback from you so that we can have uh, an understanding of your desires 
It's uh, also our presentation to you showing what we determined to be the best, the best way to move forward with uh, the limited funding that we have. Um, so that's our beginning. Let me explain to you what that picture is. Those are Gagian walls used as uh, uh, head walls to protect to protect slopes. You probably you can see that uh, particular structure on the Gwyn Mine Road. So our sources of funding for our program, we have two different types. There's the discretionary revenue. Um, discretionary revenues are used mostly for all of our maintenance work. Um, that includes the maintenance of our equipment. We use our discretionary revenue to purchase materials. We pay the salaries of our road department. We do, uh, we, we purchase our equipment with discretionary revenue. And we pay our utilities. All of our uh, operational costs are covered by discretionary revenue. A very small amount of that discretionary revenue is used in our CIP funds to fund some of our projects. Most of the work that we do as far as the CIP is concerned comes from restricted revenue. The federal grants, most of that uh, funds are bridge programs. The roads maintenance and rehabilitation account is our SB1 funding. We have uh, PG&E settlement funding that hopefully we finish using up. This year, it might leak a little bit into the next year, depending if there's any funding left over. So that's the bulk of the funding for um, the uh, CIP. Let's see here. Yeah, let's go to the next one. So for the next five years, you can see the amount of funding is quite a bit. It sounds like a large number. It's going down from our presentation in the last year but the reason that it's going down is because we've been delivering some of the projects and uh, those uh, that revenue funding isn't ongoing for example disaster recovery projects are being completed we have uh then we've completed all of them except for one remaining one the slide at railroad flat road at 26 we're also completing the uh, PG&E settlement funds. We spent a lot of that in the last few years working on the roads. This year, we, we should hopefully spend most of it. There might be a little bit that leaks over depending on uh, what may be left over after we complete this year's work. So this uh, chart is just a little summary of the uh, projects that we've completed. It compares with what was uh, programmed last year. And for the most part, you can see what's going on there with uh, the items that were completed. There were a few items that we were hoping to complete last year. We didn't do it. We didn't get to finish those. So they'll be uh, starting up. Uh, Immediately, right after this item, before you is, is a board item approving the plans and specs for a couple of those 
uh, projects there. Uh, some of those that you see are uh, dependent. For example, the Murphy's Lighting District, depending on, depending on when the governor's COVID emergency declaration is lifted. Once that's done, the uh, right-of-way then will have to be uh, uh, returned to us. The outdoor seating will have to be removed so we could go in there and start doing the uh, work along the road. And of course, the last item there is the wagon trail project. That is currently underway. You may have seen that uh, the contractor is currently removing trees. They're trying to get those trees out of there before the birds start to nest in there. So the contract, the contractor hopes to have that project done completed at the end of the year. So uh, that is our hope too. Mr. Packenter, can you go back to that last slide? Yes. Uh, um, there's a pretty open number one there where it says resurfacing in Copperopolis and Valley Springs. Yes. Um, it says construction started in October 21. Well, that, the, the plans, the, the work on getting that project going pretty much starting October 21, putting together the plans, trying to see what the cost estimates were going to be, the, the internal work. So the, let, let's just say the Valley Springs and our streets that were under SB1 funds such as Garner and Kirby? Yes. And those were on the list for last year? Yes, sir. Those are the ones that, right after this presentation, the plan specs and estimates are being presented to you so that we can go forward with soliciting the bids for that work. Thank you. Thank you. So then, uh, these are some of the highlights for what was completed last year. The Burnsbury Road left turn lane at Copper Cove, that was, um, there was a high collision rate there that was a safety project that needed to be uh, completed. That's the picture on the cover of the presentation. Uh, the left turn lanes were uh, completed last year that was successful. Um, let's see here. I, I, we received a couple of awards. Right now, I, I had them sitting in front of the desk, but because we're showing the uh, PowerPoint presentation, you can't see them. Perhaps at the end of this, I'll try to show you the uh, a couple the awards that we've received. So this uh, program pretty much started with a. Um, a report that we we uh, have prepared by NCE. We have uh, limited resources, so we have to work smarter with the uh, limited resources. So there was a report prepared in December of 2019 by uh, NCE. It's a pavement management update, and that identified the pavement condition for the county roads. So the effort there is to try to, excuse me? 
the effort there is to try to extend the service life of roads that are in decent shape. Um, those can be extended uh, in, a, in a cheaper manner. Trying to um, preserve those roads uh, works better with, with a less expensive treatment, for example, the microsurface. We also have very poor roads that we still need to maintain, and those roads we just have to tackle in smaller segments. It's very possible that if we were to fix one of those poor roads, it could eat up quite a bit of the funding in one season, uh, but we're trying to preserve as much as we can and hit as many areas as we can every year. Um, that report that I mentioned that was prepared in December of 2019 is a very high-level report, and those estimates were, were very rough. As we got started last year, looking deeper into what needed to be done, um, we, we were able to develop more refined estimates. That's part of the effort that was done last year with the um, Garner and Kirby and Silver Rapids and those projects were originally um, just uh, intended to have a microsurface on them with a certain uh, cost estimate, but as we started looking closer at those roads, they needed a lot of uh, repairs. It's not simply a microsurface job anymore. Um, so we had to go back, redo our estimates, we uh, work on the uh, plan specs and estimates to get that uh, project out. So we, we kind of had to regroup and pivot a little bit on the approach to fixing those roads. The other thing that we try to do is to keep the work uh, with a contractor hitting a certain geographic area to keep those mobility costs down and try to put as much funding on paving and fixing roads as opposed to paying the contractor to go around to different spots all over the county. So uh, the, the PowerPoint presentation has uh, the charts, the group in the, the uh, um, charts that show some of the programs that are happening in the coming year. But on the board package that was uh, uploaded, we have the entire uh, CIP program with all of the projects shown in there for, for your review, as well as uh, uh, the costs and planning for the years or when the projects will be improved. So these are the projects that are being recommended uh, this coming year for this construction season. Um, they are uh, a continuation of the past year's recommendations. So what was recommended in years past and was accepted, we're continuing on on that pattern. Uh, some of the uh, projects that were shown in past years where there's uh, uh, unknown, let's say, beginning location, end location, like the ones here that you see various, we work during the year to refine exactly where those locations are, and then we have uh, our projects moving forward within 
um, specified locations. And those are years we continue, we continue on the pattern of trying to uh, make recommendations for the future years based on geographic areas that we'd like to hit. So um, it starts uh, going back down to the San Andreas area, and then we'll go back around in future, year, future years to other areas of the county. I want to mention CSAs for a moment. Uh, that's um, CSAs are shown in the CIP with uh, the efforts to uh, pave some CSA roads. In the past, we've tried different um, methods for outreach to the public, to the residents. Uh, one year, we sent uh, 3,700 flyers. Last year, we had uh, a, a little uh, on-site survey tool. COVID has made the meetings difficult, so we keep trying to get uh, information out and feedback in from the CSAs. Those past efforts with the survey tools and flyers, we received very low response rate, which kind of have been typical throughout the years. Um, but we'll still keep working. The main thing is uh, next month, we intend to go back to the board with a presentation on how we wish to move forward with uh, the, the care of the CSAs. So this is the summary of uh, our uh, past efforts. We continue to work, we continue to uh, eliminate disaster recovery projects, finishing them up. This year we have one left. Um, we have some PG&E settlement fund uh, funded work that we hope to complete this year. Um, we are, are uh, if we mentioned here utility partners, we're, we're working so much better with our utility partners. It's, uh, it, it's uh, I don't know how to put it to you uh, than to say our partnership has been greatly improved. Um, in, I believe, 2024, we're giving the uh, utilities a chance to finish their work in a CSA, and I think in 2024 is the next time that we go back into CSA 1 to finish some of that work. And of course, our funding um, is always a problem, but uh, we just continue to work smarter. Now, in regards to what we hope to do in coming years, we're still looking for funding opportunities there is the ATP grant that's coming up. Hopefully we submit something for that. There's a couple projects that we're looking at and we're working with COG. There is the HSIP uh, grant application that will be coming up soon. We have a Clean California grant that was just awarded last Thursday. And that Clean California grant is uh, what should be coming out of that uh, that will be some uh, entrance features to some of our towns like San Andreas, Murphy's. Uh, we, our senior engineer will spend uh, this year planning already for next year's CIP. There's, there has to be um, uh, a 
a more um, refined uh, scope of work and cost estimates made. So we'll have to look at the payment condition for the future roles that we need to take care of. There may be uh, an asset management system that we hope to uh, implement, but that there's planning that needs to be done there. So there's a lot of work that's being done with a small, a very small group of people. Okay. That's it. There was a 2022 construction. There it is. The schedule that we hope to keep for this coming year. This is con uh, construction season. You'll see that some items Phase three, butte fire phase three may leak into next year, but it depends on what's remaining funds based on the work that we're doing. Now that chart kind of shows the uh, percentages there of the different uh, projects that we have, or different types of projects. The reason that we have such a big 63% there in improvements, almost looks like a Pac-Man there, is because Wagon Trail is over $20 million worth of that work. So for future years, we have um, the roadside safety and signing audit work that, that intends to, we intend to replace our signs, we'll have high re uh, reflectivity on those signs. And uh, our bridges, there's one bridge that we hope to complete this year. Like I said already, only one uh, project left for the disaster recovery projects. Uh, we still are working on a Valley Springs improvement project to work around the school there uh, and make some improvements. So that's that is, yeah. So this is our, our presentation. Let's see here. What happened? I'm going backwards. Okay. Order input and direction. Sorry about that. It's pushing the wrong buttons. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Robert. Um, I'm going to bring it back to the board. Are there any board comment questions? Supervisor Topanella. Thank you, Madam Chair. Good morning, Robert. Morning. I have a couple of questions <coughs> for you. Um, Mountain Ranch Road. Um, we just completed that project less than a year ago. We waited like eight years to get it completed. And they've already cut into the road in front of the hospital. Um, and there's been steel plates there for the last couple of weeks. When they, when they finish that work, we need to make sure that that road is back to the new pavement that we just put in. And we don't have a, a dip there or, or overbite there when they finish we're, 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 for the remainder of the years of that road that little cut they put in there is done correctly 
and we don't have an issue with it being the fact that that's a brand new road. Um, I want to point that out to you. Yes, sir. And the other issue um, that I want to bring up is Burson Road. Um, they were they were supposed to start and finish that in October. They started it. They never finished it. And then I was told it was going to be winterized, but nothing's been done to it. And you can start to see the effects of some of the weather we've been having on it. And so I want to make sure it's not going to cost us any extra money because they failed to complete it and winterize it when they left it that any issues that need to be redone, it's on their cost. The contractor we hired to do that job and not something that we did. Yes. If you drive that road, you can see there is starting to be some effects because it wasn't winterized. And uh, there, there's a lot of places along that road where they didn't restripe it. So there, you go through sections and it's been foggy that there's no striping. So we need to make sure we're safe on that road until they get it completed. Yes, sir. Thank you. Supervisor Stafford. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I'm just looking at this uh, agenda packet and your presentation is not included. Uh, you know, it's good to be able to visualize and see the roads that are on the CIP list as we're uh, reviewing our agenda before we come into the meeting. Because I, I go back to, uh, you know, I have on my other screen here, oh, sorry, the uh, December 2020 presentation that we voted on um, <clears throat> that the CIP, and it's good to see the roads that are actually gonna be worked on. Um, when, when we, we see these presentations going before us and what the schedule is. I, I do like to see the, the, the presentation as a part of the agenda packet before it comes to us, Mr. Packender. I have it. No, that's part of the next item in our agenda packet. No. Uh, it's labeled 10 and 11. I, I went through, I read it page by page. There's only two pages for item 10. Unless my thing didn't download it. Yeah. Also, just as a reminder, this is just an informational item. So the board's Absolutely. Not an informational item, I like to be able to see the data that's informational. Oh, no. No, that's fair. I just want, I, you said something about voting on it, and I just wanted to make sure everyone knew it was informational. Uh, my mistake if I said both, but there's a few other roads I would like to bring up as we move forward. Um, you know, some something that's been on my mind is, you know, with the redistricting process, Ms. Follendorf in the past has gotten multiple calls on Hunt Road. I, <clears throat> when you have an opportunity, Robert, I would like to, you know, get a presentation here on what level Hunt Road is considered. Um, when it, when it comes to uh, our priority list, and I would like to have a longer discussion about that. Also, I, I have a question as to uh, the weed abatement for the sides of the road. Has Public Works picked that up from agriculture? Yes, sir. Uh, okay, so uh, is that being done yet? Yes, they get, they're getting training, they're getting equipment, they're purchasing, uh, 
the materials, so all that's occurring right now. Oh, okay, so they haven't started doing it yet. They're just getting ready to start doing it. Yes, sir. Okay. So with that, we put some extra money aside in the budget this year for, for uh, Milton Road to, to uh, get the weeds on the sides of the road a little bit farther back than normal. Um, all in all, I'm getting calls from multiple ranchers across the, uh, the county um, that are concerned that we're going to use the right type of uh, weed abatement poison, whatever you call it. You know, we don't want to use the wrong stuff. Um, huh? Herbicide. Herbicide, thank you. Um, and uh, as we move forward, I want special attention paid to the side of the road on on Milton and also uh, I would like to sit down with you and talk with the sheriff about possibly getting help from the jail crew at the same time when it's convenient so that that way we aren't necessarily taken away from work for the other for the other districts for that road and also the trash on the sides of Hunt and Milton Road are horrible every time we clean up. So uh, I would like to have a longer conversation about how we can utilize the gel crew along with uh, public work so that we can get that trash removed. Thank you. If I may, sorry, just interrupt one more time, just to clear up confusion. Um, this is, the presentation is part of this agenda item. If you click on it, it was a link and it just opened in a new window. So you're, you're absolutely correct, Supervisor Stopper, if you just scrolled through the agenda, it, it wasn't there, but if you just clicked on it, then um, it was linked. Okay. Yes, that, I believe we had, a, we had a uploaded all the materials. Mm -hmm. The, the whole uh, program should have been there with the roads. So if you need a copy or something, Supervisor Stopper, I, I will send that to you, okay? Could you put it to all of us, Robert? Yeah. I don't have it either. I don't have it either. I do. So it's yeah. actually, the item was too large, so it is linked. So if you, you had had to cl click on the, where it mentions it there, so you had to click on the actual verbiage there, but we can forward it to all of you. Yeah, could you, I can't find the link right now. It's, maybe next time if that's the case, just note it clear in the staff that we need to click there because I read over it. Um, Supervisor Calloway. <clears throat> Mr. Packinger, I have a question. I understand what you said about uh, treatment on roads unfair or at risk versus poor or failed shape, but the poor or failed shape roads will continue to um, get worse and we spend more of our energy because we get a better return on doing the fair or at-risk roads. At what point do we start managing the poor or failed-shaped roads? Well, those poor or failed-shaped roads are not totally neglected. We try to uh, repair as much as we can through maintenance and then tackle those roads, um, doing some improvements to those in smaller segments. An example of that 
would be Howard Kathleen or Burnsbury Road. That that's instead of what was originally thought to do a microsurface on that whole thing, we had to calculate in smaller segments and do some base repair and then some microsurface. It's just a much more complicated uh, effort. But they're not neglected. We keep working at those. Uh, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I'm, I leave it to your expertise, but it's hard to explain why we're making repairs on roads that are fair while roads that are not in good condition but have heavy traffic or are a, m a major collector um, are in poor shape. Uh, editorial comment. Uh, the other question I have is a couple of years ago, I thought Public Works was going to combine money, the road monies and put them in a specific district so that they, they, we could do a lot more work within that district and then rotate road funds to each of the districts. And looking at the projects that you have, it appears that we're going back to the old system of doing a little bit in every district. I had trouble following where Public Works was on that now. Okay, that the way uh, we presented this uh, program was just a continuation of what had been done in past years. There was a concerted effort to hit one particular uh, district or a couple of districts and then it moved on to other districts. Some of the roads that you might see, for example, in District 1 are uh, represented in this year's program uh, are to complete what was to be done last year. And we're actually using last year's funding to complete those roads. This funding, we've moved on to the other districts. So we're showing everything that's happening in the year, but some of that is to finish off what was to be done last year, and then we, we just keep moving around. May I follow up, Ms. Holmer? Yes, I was going to ask him a question, but go ahead. Yes, go. Uh, um, just, just to be clear, I, I, I completely agree with what Ms. Callaway's position is. We were trying to keep these uh, jobs that rolled over to this year at the same time as, let's say, Garner and Kirby in my district should have been done at the same time as CSA 1 runs. The reason we're saying that is, is transportation equipment is expensive. And when we hire out for contractors, we can get a more, more miles of paved road for a lesser price if they're working in the same area as opposed to moving their equipment back and forth across the county. So I think she's asking if we're going back to the old ways or if we're still thinking about it pragmatically. Yeah, we're, we're still thinking geographically. That's still the effort. It, it, 
If I may, and, and Robert, I, if you go back to your, your PowerPoint presentation, the year 23-24, you, you look at that, and that's going forward. It shows most of the work being done around San Andreas because that's the way it was. we did it several years ago, and it's that time coming up. You fell behind in some of the projects, so it looks like it's not the same. But, but you have continued that program as far as what I saw when you look at 22-23 and 23-24. They're basically all in the same areas that, that the work is being done. You may not get it all completed because of weather or what have you, but from what I see, if you go back to those slides, it'll show that we're still progressing that way. From what I see, that's my, my observation. Yeah, my only concern is because of the delays, and I know you can't control the weather, Robert, but is that going to impact the, these plans? Because what we're seeing to coordinate each of these areas of these districts to get the road done, but then the more delays that happen, how, how long are we going to see those pushed out? Because then the public going to come back and say, well, you're not following the schedule. Well, how, how do we... It's going to impact, I think that's where Supervisor Stopper is coming from, it's going to impact these, these recommendations of projects. That is true. That's always the danger with anything that we do within the construction season. For example, here, who would have predicted that October we would have had all those rains that we had? October is normally a pretty hot month. It's Indian summertime. And that, uh, you know, that messed with the schedule tremendously. So we're always at the mercy of, of the weather. We keep trying to move forward. Um, there are other factors that, that affect how, how much of this we do, and that's uh, how bids come in, what the contractors want. There's just many factors. So um this is the plan we try to achieve the plan unfortunately sometimes there are some things that are beyond our control to hit every point on this plan 100 percent only if that conversation has expired i mine's kind of a different day so if you guys are good with it uh robert i was not aware thank you very much for the presentation i was not aware that we had a uh, moved to weed abatement on the roads from Department of Agriculture to uh, Public Works, uh, which is fine. I just want to make sure that um, uh, under the new, you know, agriculture has already been really good at looking out for environmental sensitive areas and where people request not to have the roads sprayed. Um, they've always been good, so I just want to make sure that, that data transfers over to Public Works and you guys are aware uh, and, and, and have a process for accounting for that also because people get I mean, nobody really likes spraying the side of the road, but we have to do it for safety reasons. But people who ask not to be included in that, we need to respect that um, or they get really upset. So just make sure that information transfers. And they've done a good job historically, and I'm sure you will continue to do a good job also. Yes, sir. That is the intent. We're, we're rolling that information out. Because yeah, people get really upset. So thank you. Are there any other board questions or comments? 
Okay. Um, seeing that there's none, I have some questions, Robert. Um, one question, we briefly talked about this yesterday. Um, so on the presentation, um, CSAs are mentioned, and I recognize that these are paving programs, but there's other CSAs out there that still have other work that need to be done. So how are we communicating with the public outside of this current presentation on what their expectations of their CSAs? So is there a separate CSA, CIP, or how do we weave this into getting the message out to the public of what work is getting done in the dollar amounts that similar to what you've shown us today? Okay. In a month, we will be going back to the Board of Supervisors for the CSA presentation. Um, it'll cover the work that we hope to do within the CSAs and actually look at um, uh, the, uh, the, we will have a discussion on increasing the level of effort for some of these CSAs. We know that some CSAs wish to have a higher level of effort, but the amount of revenue that's collected limits us tremendously. So um, I hope to have a few scenarios where, where you can have a, at least um, ballpark figures for what it might take to change the level of effort. Uh, for example, on Stallion Way. Um, so that will happen in February. We will advertise that, get the word out to the folks so that we can have a meaningful dialogue with that. Um, and you, throughout the years, we've had various ways of communicating with the CSAs. Um, this COVID thing has us a little bit with our hands tied. We really can't meet. But uh, staff here has reached out and there's been a, a little online survey tool. We don't get much of a response, but we work with what we have. Um, perhaps there's a better way to get the word out to the folks so that they can provide some input to us. So that's, there is uh, that kind of thing that happens once a year, but we also have the My Calavera system the on-site system so that if there's ever a need for some sort of maintenance potholes or something brushing or there's some clog culvert or something the, the residents can go to the my calaveras website input the information the location and actually track what is going on with the service request so it provides a pretty good closed feedback loop there um, so those are a couple ways that we we communicate with the CSA folks, just like we communicate too with the other residents throughout the county with our uh, uh, maintained roads. As far as trying to get financial information, anyone can call here to the office and we'll let them know, send them the printout of what's left in the bank. They can see exactly what's going on. Um, there's... And if they need any more information, we have staff here that's willing to help them out and give them whatever it is that they need. It, we don't need any, um, how, how do I put it? There doesn't have to be anything more formal than a phone call, and uh, we'll get the information to them. Thank you. I, um, I have some more questions, but I saw Supervisor Stopper had his light on. <clears throat> I was just going to follow up on uh, when we did CSA 1, 
we did a mailer out. Public Works did a mailer to all residents within within the CSA one boundaries. Um, you know, let them know how to give their input, and then also the uh, um, study that we did on all the roads in the county included the CSAs. So it took the information where the wants of the people and the actual information on the levels of the roads, and then we prioritized based on that. So I was pretty happy with the way uh, that was done back in 2020, 2020, um, you know, a little over a year and a half ago. So just part oh, halfway through the year was when it was done. So. About a year and a half ago. <laughs> Our, uh, the people that put forth that effort to get the word out, we're all still here. We're going to continue doing that kind of effort to get the word out. Um, of, of, um, the other question that I have is how did, when you're talking about priority, how are you? Selecting the priorities in public works, especially with new funding that's coming down um, with infrastructure and leveraging what's currently and in the future as we look at 2023, 24, 25 with the funding that we're seeing talked about out there. Um, and one I'm just going to bring up because, well, up until the redistricting, I got three, had three bridges in my districts. Um, I get to share them with Marita now. Um, leveraging those kinds of funds with the CIP and roads because that's a huge inner commerce um, roadway between the two counties um, and then there's also many smaller bridges across the county that need just maintenance, not necessarily huge, huge um, construction but just day-to-day -day maintenance that we um, don't really get that funding other ways unless we get in the Caltrans bridge and bridge funding um, that happens only what three to five years um, so how, how did that work Robert? Okay. For the routine bridge program there's an item in the CIP called the bridge uh, BPMP the bridge program maintenance um, and Caltrans does provide uh, funding for that work the work is identified through uh, inspections that Caltrans structural engineers uh, perform. They do that on a yearly basis. So there's a program in place. Um, we apply for that. There are certain cycles that that per and when it's our turn, we'll get the funding to do some of that uh, preventative maintenance. Uh, but that's how that's handled. As far as doing replacement of some structures, we have to apply for those, submit the application to Caltrans. That's the HBP program. I understand uh, listening to, to the updates that it seems that this last funding from the federal government put money into the HBP program, so there may be additional opportunities for other structures to be replaced and that's one of the duties that Jen does, is she's always looking for funding opportunities as part of her planning work that she does. Okay, thank you. Um, and then this is just me being new. 
position. I don't. I think I came in after last year, um, with a lot of the conversations from the CIP from 2020 and 2021. But 30 miles is that normal, or is it usually less? To, uh, how do you calculate? Um, how do you calculate your highlights of miles versus the either total roads around the county or your current project? And could that seem a little low with how many roads we have? I mean, how, what is that? How do you calculate that matrix? Well, in this case, all we did was make a measurement of exactly uh, surface treatments and repairs that we did on the road. Um, if you're looking at that compared to what was done last year or years past, the last uh, presentation showed quite a bit more mileage, but there were two years, about two years worth of road work that was collected and presented in one number. And striping and the delineators were added to that number we're not adding striping and delineators to the number of that that I, sh I am presenting there to you. We're just doing the surface treatment. Um, boy, we could have a lot of miles showing up if we just show what's done in striping because we, we type a fair amount of miles in a row. So we just wanted to, we changed the way that looks and we just want to show the surface treatment of the pavement that was uh, improved or addressed, treated. Got it. Thank you. And then my last question is... Can I say one more thing? Kind of in perspective, imagine the wagon trail is only, what, something like three miles, and look at the level of effort and the amount of money that's doing, that's, that's that those three miles are costing. And so it's it's kind of a hard thing to say is the, the dollars, we, we spend a lot of money trying to do a lot of works, uh, a lot of work, but it, it shows up sometimes as small incremental pieces of physical uh, improvement. So it's it's strange. It's, it's 30 miles sounds kind of low, but at the same time it represents a huge effort. Uh, maybe in the future, just clarify that so it doesn't seem so big. Um, separate it out, maybe. Yes. Okay. Um, and then my last question or comment. Um, so you, in the presentation, you said that you had public um, engagement at uh, about 1%, and then you made a comment in your presentation about a lack of response and other um, outreach has there been an understanding that COVID has been a hiccup to many things, but it's also allowed us to get creative, creative in how we engage with the public? Has there been any other thought on how to get those numbers up? I know it's never going to be 100%, but this 1% this somewhat bothers me. And then the amount of questions board members get about roads, um, what can we do to be better at engaging with the public on what's going on with our roads? Well, that's a puzzle that I've been thinking about. Um, 
CSA funds are are very limited, so we can't spend too much um, expensive time and, and and money in trying to to fix or trying to create something. But there there may be ways that perhaps we set up a website that's just for CSAs that people know how to. Uh, uh, just uh, communicate with us, just a CSA, maybe a CSA uh, Facebook page or something. There are ways that we could probably tackle that problem that are inexpensive. A, a more expensive solution might be to look at a company like AIM, who does this type of stuff, and they could really help us out, but then that's money that the CSAs don't have. But we'll, I'll talk with the people here and see if we could maybe set up a web page or something that's just dedicated for the CSAs and uh, they could communicate that way. Um, um, Robert, just to say that uh, we have an avenue that was put in on the site for people to report issues or problems there. I think that that's generally um, as good as starting up another site, as long as people label the road and where it's at. With that, you know, it's just getting the message out to the people so that they uh, can can find it. I mean, generally, you just don't get a lot of responses um, with these type of things in general, which is unfortunate because, you know, when it comes down to it, when their cars are breaking down because of potholes in the road, you know, that's, that's when it hurts their pocketbook and they want to say something. But, you know, prior to that, they don't make the comments. There is already a website set up for CSAs. It's just not um, updated. I went to click on it last night and it was um, undiscoverable. It just did a blank screen. So I think there's stuff out there already. I just how do we improve it and then communicate to the public to start using those avenues, including the reporting of the roads. Um, I think I've asked your office multiple times to remind me what the name of the app is um, <laughs> to get that out. But I, just how do we get that messaging out better so there's um, less emails coming to us and it's getting directly to public works. So, uh, thank you, Robert. Thank you. Is there any other board comment? This is an informational item, so there's nothing there. Okay, uh, public comment. There's no online public comment. Okay, and there's no one in the room, so since this is an informational, we'll move on to the next agenda item. Item number 11, clerks. Item 11 is an action item brought by Public Works. One, adopt three sets of plans and specifications for the 2021 road resurfacing and paving program consisting of roads in County Service Area 4, Diamond 20, Jenny Lynn Road, and Valley Springs. Two, authorize the Director of Public Works to incorporate any final changes into the respective bid documents and three, authorize the Department of Public Works to solicit formal construction bids. Yes. Good morning. This uh, item uh, 
is a continuation of um, the work that was being done last year to uh, treat the roads. Uh, some of the roads that we were working on last year needed uh, more uh, robust treatments than simply a microsurface or a, a simple treatment. They needed actual um, road-based repair. Our uh, Jen has identified with her staff the actual location of where these roads need to be prepared. Um, uh, and she prepared the cost estimates and uh, plans for this work. So now with this, we could go out and solicit bids from contractors. This is a little bit different than using jock. We're hoping to uh, control costs better with this effort. Um, due to the nature of the work that's involved, we needed to have a little bit better control than just having the job contractor go and do whatever they were going to do. Um, we're going to get a better product going this way and hopefully uh, better uh, costs. Uh, let's see here. This, uh, you can see the plans in there. The, the uh, plans and specs we should be getting out into the uh, advertising for the, or soliciting for the bids on uh, the end of the week, beginning of next week, trying to get something back to the board with a contract in March so that construction is early spring or later than beginning of May. Any board comment? Supervisor Stoppe? <clears throat> a couple questions. Um, this goes off the paving schedule that was last revised during 10-21-2020. I'm looking at the item here. Um, a lot of these were pushed back because there was work done by one utility or another <coughs> to 21-2022 from 2020-2021. Um, on this list, I, I can understand uh, there's more utility work for Hart Vixen and Baldwin Streets. So that's pushing it back some years coming forward. But we have Silver Rapids on here, which, is it on there? I, I missed it, Never mind. I was going through, I was looking for it. I, admit, I missed it earlier. I retract what I was gonna say, Robert. Mr. Toffinelli found it for me. Are there any other board comments or questions? Okay, seeing that, is there any public comment? Do you have some? Oh. There's no online public comment? Okay. So with that, um, bring it back to the board. Is there a motion? Who is on a different map? Uh, so item 10, um, Madam Chair, I would like to make a motion, or no, I'm sorry, item 11, uh, a, to adopt the recommendation as proposed by Public Works. Is there a second? I'll second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. 
So to confirm, we have motion made by Supervisor Stopper and second by Supervisor Toppenelli, followed by all ayes. Good. Thank you. Okay, next um, is agenda item number 12. Clerk. Item 12 is an action item brought by the Administrative Office. Dissolve the Animal Services Shelter and Calaveras County Jail Ad Hoc Committee. Ms. Bonlada. <laughs> Working on it. Okay. Um, and good morning, uh, members of the board, board, Madam Chair. Christopher Mata from the Administrative Office. The item for you, um, just as is regarding the ad hoc committee that was created by your board this past spring of 2021. Uh, it was formed uh, for both animal services and jail repairs, both uh, historical um, necessities as well as um, current ongoing issues. So um, we have met on multiple occasions. The recommendation uh, at this point is to go ahead and disband the committee as um, I feel like uh, and I, I believe the consensus is that we've gotten to the point where those uh, projects have seen some uh, some movement and can now be handled separately. Um, it would be up to your board whether you wanted to form separate committees for each of those um, ongoing uh, capital improvement uh, projects. That said, at this point, um, the recommendation is to go ahead and and dissolve the ad hoc, which, just as a reminder, is intended to be of uh, limited duration in nature. Um, and the committee uh, would be um, automatically dissolving uh, in the next, I believe, uh, two, two to three months. Are there any questions? Supervisor Mandy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, why? What's uh, what's changed? Where are we at with these projects? And why are we dissolving it? So the projects in general, I can give a brief update. So um, while no formal action has been taken by the ad hoc committee with respect to putting out um, a bid. Uh, with respect to animal services, there has been movement of that committee. There has been, um, and there were, is actually, I believe, scheduled for either Wednesday or Thursday of this week, a tour of the Tracy facility. The Tuolumne facility has been toured. We have been working with our um, project manager, who is a consultant for the county, as well as Supervisor Toffinelli on um, ideas for uh, moving that forward. So we are in a position to go ahead and do so um, once we have a consensus um, internally. That said, um, the same is true with respect to the jail where our current issues have been and are being addressed that are contemplated in this year's current CIP. Um, we have a plan for the next major, in fact, working on a contract, I believe now, Ms. Nicotero, please um, correct me if I'm wrong there, uh, with respect to the next project for the jail, which is uh, regarding waterproofing, external waterproofing, uh, which has been an issue. So um, given that this committee was going to um, automatically disband the um, and given the relative states of, of the different projects, it seems like at this point it's not efficient to continue as an ad hoc 
and uh, the recommendation is to disband it. Did that answer your question? Yeah, I mean, we formed this committee, what was it, Gary, four years ago, three years ago? No, um, actually, uh, less than a year ago. Uh, the prior facilities ad hoc committee already disbanded. Okay, so regardless of what the name of it is, this is formed because projects simply weren't getting done. Mm -hmm. And we had to figure out some way to hammer down and get things moving. So as we disband this, when will we, when will we see final plans or plans for moving forward on the animal shelter, for example? Jail's ongoing. I imagine that's right. going to be the rest of all of our careers. That is correct. But the animal shelter, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, the animal shelter, when are we going to see that? Um, assistant. Hi. Next. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning. Summer Nicotero from administration. Uh, we have actually a whole project plan that we put together for a timeline on that. And so, um, with the ad hoc committee, it obviously is something that we would discuss in those meetings. Without the ad hoc committee, we can move forward and not have to wait for meetings to make our decisions on every step of that process. Um, I've spoken with Supervisor Topanelli at length about the uh, metal buildings and what we plan to undertake for animal services, and I feel like that project can move forward very rapidly. So I would estimate that the 600000 we have budgeted for this year we would be very close to spending within this year if we can get moving on this right away. When are we going to get to see it? Animal so, the plan? We, so we do have some um, We're not going to have that off. It's us. So when do we see it? So we do have to go through the design process and make a decision on the site plan and the size of the building. And so those conversations um, should be fairly quick, and then we could uh, select an engineer to do the design for us. Okay, that and, still didn't give me a time. And, and we'll bring that back to board as soon as possible. Plans and specs will be brought back, have to come to the board before they're put out to bid. Okay, right. but what timeline, as soon as possible, is not a timeline. Is well, that a month from now? Is that two months? Is that six months? So based on the conversations that I've had with uh, engineering availability in our area, we're looking at six to eight weeks on getting that design completed. So we'll see it in the next two months or so. Correct. Thank you. This is, this is Gary and Maria, you served on this committee. This is what you guys think is the right thing to do? Um, yeah, I do. It's either that I, I, I would I would be asked, I would ask to be taken off this committee if you guys decide to continue it. I don't wish to stay on it. But to me disbanding it's not gonna hurt anything. I think it would be fine. Okay. If it's, and if it's not we could always reconstitute it. Correct. Any other supervisor comment? Public comment. There is no online public comment. Okay, bring it back to the board for a motion. I would move this item, Madam Chair. Second, Madam Chair. All in favor? Aye. 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 
Any nay? Nay. Okay. 4-1. So we have a mover. Um, Supervisor uh, Topanelli is our mover. Seconder is Supervisor Stopper. Uh, four ayes, and Supervisor Callaway is a nay. Thank you. Next is agenda item 13, Cloak. Item 13, action item, Clerk of the Board of Supervisors, appointment of applicants to serve on various committees, commissions, advisory boards, and county service areas. So we do have various um, committees that are brought to you today, and just two of the committees actually have two applicants that will need to be reviewed. Uh, any comment from board members um, with the two committees that have um, multiple applicants? I believe one of them is... So for Parks and Recs Commission, we have one vacancy for District 4, and the applicants are Dina McAfee and Allison Contreras. That's all you, Madam yeah. Chair. Yeah. Madam Chair, that's all <laughs> you. Thank you. Um, my recommendation is um, based on conversations with the applicant. Um, I had not had any other conversations with the other one, um, would be Allison Contreras. Is there any other supervisor? There's another. What's the second one? The other one is the Air Pollution Control Hearing Board okay. for the one vacancy uh, term ending December 31st, 2024. Um, two applicants, Thomas Mayer and James Jones. I believe we are going to push that out. Okay. Uh, to um, another meeting. Do, do we need to vote on that, Sarah? Um, I think that the clerk's practice typically has been to um, ask for a motion if we're moving it to a date certain. If we're just going to take it um, off for now, um, I don't know that it matters. You could, you could certainly vote on postponing it. I'll put it. Well, before we vote, I need to push it back out to public comment, but is there any other comments with the applicant from the board? No? Seeing none, is there any public comment? There's no online public comment. Okay. So I think 
I'm sorry, just Madam Chair, I think what the board would really be doing if you're looking to take action on part of this item but not the other is um, someone would just make a motion on the part that you are doing and could ask to continue the remainder. Okay. The motion. Uh, who, who are you asking for, District Board? Allison Contreras. Uh, okay, I'll make a motion to appoint Allison Contreras and to uh, table or postpone the Air Pollution Board appointment until a time to be determined later. We also need to approve Ms. Um, Radjo. Well, that, that uh, yeah, I understood. Okay. A and other appointments that are filled or only have one applicant, please feel free to put them in the position. Thank you. Is that clear enough, Ms. Edwards? <laughs> it was clear to me, uh, so long as it's clear to the clerk, then I think we're good. Yes. Madam Clerk? I am clear. Okay. control um, board until a further date. Right, not making an appointment to that board at this time. Okay, I'll second. Okay. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All nay? Okay. No. Okay. okay, so just to be clear again, item 13, we have motion by Supervisor Stopper to approve all single applicants to approve Allison Contreras for the District 4 Parks and Rec Commission and to postpone Air Pollution Control Hearing Board to a future date. And seconded by Supervisor Toppinelli. Correct. Thank you. You're welcome. And with that, next on our agenda is Supervisor Announcements, and I will start to my left, Supervisor Carroll. <clears throat> Tomorrow I'll be going on a tour of the Tracy Animal Shelter with um, people from, I think, some people from Focus, and I'm not sure if our CAO is coming or not. <clears throat> and um, the next week I have an Area 12 Agency on Aging meeting. That's all. Thank you. Supervisor Garamendi. Thank you. Um, I've already updated this board on the earlier item on the Golden State Connect Authority. So if you have any questions, I'm happy to speak to any of you off offline. Um, but we're making progress. It'll come together. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, yes, yesterday, um, Marita and I both attended the Central Sierra Child Support Agency meeting. And last night, we were here in this boardroom until um, about 7.30 uh, with LAFCO. And part of the major portion of that meeting discussion was on, on CSDs and some of the things that uh, there's a, a report out. If you go to the website, LAFCO website, you see the report out on um, the nine CSAs that are out there, uh, CSDs that are out there, and the conditions um, that they're, they're in. Um, we had that conversation. I brought up that um, we will be having a study session on CSDs that uh, Amanda had brought up at our last meeting on Tuesday of last week. Um, and that um, I asked Mr. Benoit if he would be willing to be part of that uh, study session. And um, 
he agreed to it, so I told him that uh, our CAO would be contacting him on that date, that uh, we would be having that study session. And that's all I have to report. I'll have many things to report on the next regular meeting. Thank you. I have nothing to report. And I have nothing to report. And with that, so have a good day. Thank you.